Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. First off, I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. Hopefully 2021 is great for everyone. I know last year was a little difficult for people with the coronavirus uh, popping up for the most part of 2020, but we're moving forward 2021 and I've got a good episode to start off the new year for you today. We're talking a little bit of college football and then after that we're going to talk some NFL playoff scenarios. So there are three big bowl games that I want to talk about. Obviously the UNC game tomorrow against Texas A&M, 8 p.m., the Orange Bowl in Miami and I'm pumped for it. But before that, there are two college football playoff games today. Alabama is playing Notre Dame at 4. Clemson is playing Ohio State at 7.30 or 8, I believe. It might be 8. But those are two huge games. And while I was sick, the college football playoff rankings actually came out. And obviously Twitter's going to go crazy about those rankings, about which teams got snubbed, who should have, who should not have made it. So I just want to touch on that real quickly. And then we'll get into those games And then I want to talk Heisman before we get into the UNC game. Because those the football playoff games are today. UNC's game is tomorrow. So let's just get started. First off, when talking about the rankings, I think the committee got it right. Alabama 1, obviously undefeated. Clemson 2 won the ACC championship. Blew out Notre Dame. I think they got that right. I think you had to put Ohio State in there at 3. Undefeated. Beat a really good Indiana team. Beat a very good Northwestern team. I think they had the resume to make it. And then the controversy at four with Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Again, I think they got it right. Notre Dame was undefeated all season until they went up against Clemson a second time who had a lot to prove and had their college football playoff lives on the line. Now, they did get blown out. But Texas A&M got blown out by Alabama. They lost by 30. That's no better than what Clemson or than what Notre Dame did against Clemson. And I just want to read off Texas A&M's schedule because you've got Jimbo Fisher talking about how they won seven straight games against the SEC and how that's some huge accomplishment. Let me just read out the teams because I really don't like this mentality that the SEC is just the best conference in, in college football. I know it has been in the past, but this year, that's definitely not the case. Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, one by five. Then they get blown out by Alabama. Then they beat Florida. That's a good win. Then you beat Mississippi State by 14. You beat Arkansas by 11. Blow out South Carolina. Beat LSU by 13. Beat Auburn by 11. Blow out Tennessee by about 20. Aside from Florida, what good team did they beat? Real question, SEC fans. This is not some glorified conference this year. It's Alabama and everybody else. You've got Florida up there getting blown out by Oklahoma, and you've got that Florida player player saying that, oh, it's the SEC. They can't contend with us. Well, you got smacked by a Big 12 team, which apparently isn't hasn't made a or aside from Oklahoma hasn't been close to the college football playoff. So this narrative that the SEC is just the best football conference, I think it needs to stop. And that's why a lot of people are like, well, A&M should make it because the SEC is the hardest conference. They didn't beat anybody. They beat Florida. That's it. They beat no one else. They beat a bunch of average SEC teams who don't know how to play defense. So that's my little rant there. That's why I think 
that Texas A&M did not deserve to make it. Notre Dame 100% deserved to make it because they beat Clemson once. They beat Chapel Hill. And they were undefeated in the SEC until the ACC championship game. So I think the committee got it right. Kudos to them. I'm not going to trash on them like a lot of other people do because there's always someone complaining about the selection committee. So now when we move on to the games today, we'll start with Alabama at Notre Dame. Or not at Notre Dame, against Notre Dame. No surprise here. I think I've got Alabama winning this one. This offense, led by Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, so explosive. I mean, they're going to... They're going to put up points fast on Notre Dame, and we saw Notre Dame get into a hole against Clemson, and they had no answer. If they don't control time of possession, if they don't get that run game going early, Notre Dame will be in trouble. And I want this to be a good game, but I just don't see it. I know I know Notre Dame has not performed under the spotlight in past bowl games. We saw it a couple years back when they lost to Clemson 30-3. to I hate to say it, but I think that's going to happen again. I just don't think they can contend with Alabama's offense. we got two Heisman candidates on there, a very good running back, and Najee Harris, who put up, what was that, five touchdowns, six touchdowns in the SEC championship. It's just going to be too much, too much firepower for Notre Dame to handle, and I think Alabama will, will be an easy, it'll be an easy cakewalk to the national championship game. I say Alabama wins. I'm going to go with, 17 points. I'm going to go with a 17-point win for Alabama. And that's really all I have to say about that. I, I don't think it's going to be that good of a game. I don't see it being that competitive because I think Alabama is going to jump on them at the start and Notre Dame isn't going to be able to get back on track quick enough. And I think the biggest thing for Notre Dame is Ian Book playing well. I hold the fact that Ian Book is just an okay quarterback at this level. He's good. No doubt he's good. But he's not a Trevor Lawrence, obviously. He's not a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones. But if they want any shot at winning this game, he has to be on target with his throws. He has to be near perfect. Because when he was near perfect in that Clemson game, aside from that one fumble towards the goal line, they beat Clemson. So he needs to be on his A game. Moving on to the Clemson-Ohio State game. I think this game will be a little bit more intriguing than the Notre Dame game. But there have been a lot of questions about Ohio State. Justin Fields put up a terrible performance against Northwestern. A lot of people are now questioning whether he should be the second quarterback drafted uh, in the NFL draft. You've got guys like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. People are considering putting him above Justin Fields. So he needs a huge performance today to solidify his number two quarterback ranking because I still have him there. I think Trey Sermon, he, he needs to have another big game. He put up, what, 330 rushing yards against Northwestern? Oh, my goodness. I think that's the most in, in school history. That's, that'll be, he'll be a huge X factor for that Ohio State offense. And then defensively. I don't know much about Ohio State's defense, but they need to find a way to keep that game close early because Trevor Lawrence is going to come out slinging the football. You got Amari Rogers, Cornell, Etienne out of the backfield. That team, just like Alabama, is loaded with weapons and firepower offensively. These lower-ranked teams in Notre Dame and Ohio State need to play strong defensively out of the gate. 
They cannot allow Clemson and Alabama to go on two, three touchdown drives to start the game. It can't be like 21 to 7. Have to keep it close. When it comes to Clemson's side, you want to get ETN going. I think he's a he's a huge piece of that offense, obviously. And Trevor Lawrence is going to do his, do his thing. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's fantastic. He shines under the spotlight. And I think he wants some redemption from last year. LSU blew him out. Joe Burrow outplayed him. This is definitely his last college football season. He wants to go out on a bang. I've got Clemson winning this game by about 14 points. I don't see either of these games in the end being super competitive down to the wire. I will be very surprised if Ohio State or Notre Dame wins. I think that'll be a huge upset. But in the end, I think we're going to have an Alabama-Clemson rematch, and I'm looking forward to it. Mac Jones versus Trevor Lawrence. Najee Harris versus ETN. Amari Rogers versus Devonta Smith. Just so many offensive, great, just so many great offensive players. And I hope that's the matchup we get. But we'll have to see today. Tune in at 4 and 8 p.m. respectively to see those games. And before I go, go to the UNC game, I want to give a Heisman, my Heisman uh, prediction. Finalists are... Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Trevor Lawrence, and Devonta Smith. Well, Kyle Trask got himself removed from that conversation with his three interception performance against Oklahoma. So it's really down to the other three. And I'm going to go with Devonta Smith. I really am. I think he has made Mac Jones look a lot better than he actually is. I mean, let me pull up Devonta Smith's stats real quick. He's, I mean, he's returning punts. What do you have, like 22 touchdowns on the season? I'll, I want to figure out his exact stats. Probably should have had this prepared earlier. So, I guess here are his stats for this season. 98 receptions, over 1,500 yards, and 17 touchdowns. He's averaging over 15 yards or a reception. That has Heisman written all over it. This narrative that the Heisman has to go to a quarterback for this season needs to be erased. Mac Jones wouldn't be as good as he is without Devonta Smith. That offense wouldn't be as dynamic without him. He is such a huge playmaker on the outside. 6'1", super fast, great hands, great route runner. He has it all. He has all the tools. That's why I think he should be the Heisman winner, not Mac Jones. If they give it to Mac Jones, I'll understand. He's the quarterback of that team. Mac Jones has had a fantastic season. But in my opinion, he wouldn't be near as good as he is now without Devonta Smith. And again, I want to see a wide receiver win this award. And I think he has all the credentials to do it. Doesn't always have to be a quarterback. And with a player like Smith... I think he can be the guy to break that trend. So I'll be back in a few moments, and I'm going to recap, or not recap, preview the UNC Texas A&M game and give my prediction on the game. Will I be a homer or not? Stay tuned. I'll be back in a few moments. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. UNC versus Texas A&M. My Tar Heels. In the New Year's Six Bowl game, the Orange Bowl in Miami, our last game was in Miami where we destroyed the Hurricanes by 40, running for over 500 yards. 
but we've got a bigger beast this time. Number five ranked Texas A&M, who is going to come out of the gates firing, in my opinion. Not happy with the college football playoff committee, not putting them in the playoffs. You got their players tweeting about how it's how it's just rigged or all this other stuff. But they want to prove themselves. And they don't want to lose to a team who has three losses, and I know that. Big headlines for UNC, as I said earlier on an episode. UNC, no Chaz Surratt, no Deami Brown, and no Michael Carter or Javante Javante Williams. At the running back position, that leaves us with British Brooks and Josh Henderson. I feel like I've seen Josh Henderson uh, late in games after we put in our subs. I think he had a couple touchdowns, maybe one. But those will be the running backs assuming those roles. At wide receiver, we still have Daz Newsome to play his last game as a Tar Heel. Emery Simmons is really going to need to emerge as the number two. And Caffrey Brown, De'Ami Brown's younger brother, maybe he can emerge as a potential star receiver for our team for the future. It was already going to be hard before Tar Heel fans. It's going to be even harder now without four of our best players. Sam Howell is going to have to put on a clinic. We saw what happened to Kyle Trask without some of his weapons like, like Kyle Pitts. Sam Howell's got an uphill battle, guys. This Texas A&M team is really, really solid. For them, Kellen Mond, he's had a pretty good season. Over 2,000 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. He's a good player. This is a good Texas A&M football team. Defensively, they are third against the rush, 11th nationally. So if you thought running the ball was going to be harder without our two two-headed monster in the backfield, this seems not going to be easy to run against. It could be like Notre Dame, where we just can't get the run established and Sam Howell is going to have to try to do everything on his own, this time without his number one target, our deep threat, gone. So this is definitely going to be a hard matchup for the Tar Heels. I'm just looking for a competitive game. I don't want us to get blown out. I know, and I have full confidence in this, if we're down a possession and we have the ball, Sam Howell is going to go get us a touchdown. He's going to take us there. He's done it in the past. He did it against Wake Forest. He should have done it against Florida State when our receivers dropped three passes in a row. But Sam Howell is going to show the country why he's going to be a top five pick in the draft. Not this next draft, obviously, but the draft after that when he goes to the draft as after his junior season. He's phenomenal. He's got great skill, great accuracy. He has it all. And thank goodness he's our quarterback because he is one of the few quarterbacks in the country who can beat this Texas A&M team with all the adversity he is facing. Both running backs gone. No wide receiver one. Middle linebacker gone. For this Tar Heel defense, we're going to need some of these younger players like Tony Grimes in our secondary. They're really He's really going to have to step up, which he did against Miami. It's a young defense. I'm interested to see how he, they're going to do against Kellen Mond. But they're going to have to limit his, his explosiveness on the ground and throwing. I don't really know too much about Texas A&M. I didn't watch them that much. But obviously, if you get pressure on a quarterback, 
They're going to have problems. They're not going to be comfortable. We need to make Mond uncomfortable early in the game. The fast starts that we always have, I would love another fast start. I'd love to go up 14-0, 21-0 like we did a couple times this past season. But overall, I think this is going to come down to the wire. I think that's going to be a close game. But am I really going to go pick against my team? Texas A&M is minus 6.5. No. I'm picking the Tar Heels to upset the Aggies in Miami. I say we win this one. 38-35. Sam Howell's going to lead us to a game-winning touchdown drive. Am I being a homer? Absolutely. But I think that this UNC team can upset this A&M team. We still have good talent on defense. Most of our defense is intact, aside from Chaz Surratt. Sam Howell is one of the best uh, quarterbacks in college football. And I'm going to admit it again. I'm being a homer. But I have full belief in Mac Brown and his coaching staff to go get us a W against Texas A&M to win the Orange Bowl. This is a huge game for our program. And I'm so excited to watch it. So there's my prediction for that game. Stay tuned. We're going to have a small segment on the NFL playoff scenarios for Week 17. Stay tuned. All right, I'm back on 125 Unfiltered. Going to talk about the NFL real quick. A few minutes left in this episode. So three teams contending for the last two wildcard spots. Rams, Bears, Cardinals. The Rams and the Cardinals, they play Week 17. And they flexed the Washington football team to Sunday Night Football instead of the Cardinals and the Rams? Instead of the Browns and the Steelers? Come on. No, I, I said this with Paul on Monday. No one cares about the NFC East, and I'm a Giants fan. Whoever wins that division is going to get blown out. But I'll touch on the NFC East later. Bears play Green Bay and the Rams and Cardinals again. They face off. Who am I picking to win these games? I'm going with Arizona. Jared Goff out with a broken thumb. Kyler Murray, huge game for his legacy, for his young career on the line. Same with DeAndre Hopkins. I think Cliff Kingsbury and the crew is going to get it done against the Rams. But the Bears will lose to Green Bay. And Rodgers has one more game to close out his MVP caliber season. Maybe he can seal the deal on that case. But come on. Chicago always struggles against Green Bay. It's not going to happen. So that means that the Cardinals and the Rams in my for my picks will be making the 6th and 7th seeds. And the Bears will lose out after, honestly, a nice end stretch to the season with Mitchell Trubisky. And that team's going to have a huge decision to make with Trubisky. Because he's played pretty well, but after they lose to Green Bay. And, and if Arizona wins, they won't be in the playoffs. They'll have a huge decision to make there. AFC is a little bit more complicated. You've got four teams. Actually, you've got five teams who need to clinch playoffs, playoff berths. You've got the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts. Basically, if you're the Titans, if you win, you're in. They, it, it says or losses for a couple other teams, but you're playing Houston. If you win that game, you're into the playoffs. Or if one of those other teams loses. So Tennessee has the highest chance to get into, into the playoffs. It says here, Titans win or Baltimore loses or Indianapolis loses or Miami loses. So they have the best shot. Miami, they have to win or Baltimore loses or Cleveland or Indy loses. So again, 
They just have to win with those other couple teams losing. Ravens, they need to win or have Cleveland or Indy lose. And then the teams at the bottom, probably the two teams who will contend for that last um, the last spot, Browns and the Colts. The Browns play Pittsburgh. They need to win that or have Indianapolis lose. There's a, a whole bigger scenario, but it's a, little, it's a little complicated. Basically, the Browns need to win or Indianapolis le- needs to lose. And the Colts, they need to win and have one of the other wildcard teams lose, like Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, or Tennessee. So, But the Colts are playing the Jaguars. So they're most likely going to win that game. They just need one of those teams to lose. What do I think is going to happen? I think the Titans win their division. I think they'll beat Houston pretty comfortably. I've got the Colts beating Jacksonville. I do think the Browns beat the Steelers because Mason Rudolph is in as Big Ben Roethlisberger is getting some rest. And I've got the Ravens beating the Dolphins. And unfortunately, or no, sorry, the Ravens beating the Bengals. But unfortunately, that leaves one team left, and the Dolphins are playing the Buffalo Bills, who are fighting for that number two seed against Pittsburgh. And I think Miami loses out here. And I hate to say it because I really want Tua to succeed. The whole relief pitcher thing, has, although it's worked out for Miami and Brian Flores, hasn't worked out for Tua and his development as a player. It's just matchups. That he has the hardest matchup this week, and he's probably going to lose it because, again, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and that offense, they're not stopping. They want that number two seed, and for them, it's not a rest game. It's a rest game for Pittsburgh. Jacksonville, they've already clinched the number one seed. They don't really care. Ravens are going up against the Bengals. No Joe Burrow. So it's unfortunate for Miami, but I think they're going to be the team that gets bounced. Who knows? If all of these teams win, though, it would be the Colts who lose out based on tiebreaker uh, scenarios. And how crazy would that be? If all of these teams won, surely one of them will lose, which for me is Miami against Buffalo. But we have a lot of interesting scenarios for the playoffs this weekend. And last but not least, the NFC East. Giants and Cowboys play. Washington and Philly plays. Basically, if Washington wins, they are in. They just have to beat Philly. But if they lose, then the winner of the Cowboys and Giants will make the playoffs at 6-10 or 7-9. Now, as a Giants fan, this is a win-win. We either make the playoffs have a shot at Going to the Super Bowl because you're in the playoffs. We would play Tampa again and probably lose, but still you make the playoffs. It's a great accomplishment for a team. Or we lose our 5-11, get a top 10 draft pick. This is a win-win for the Giants, especially as a fan. Now, would I love to win against Dallas and kick them out of playoff contention and then have Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia beat Washington to get us into the playoffs? Absolutely. But if that if that doesn't happen, I won't be upset. This is a good young, this is a good defense who's played really well this year. We have an offense without our best player in Saquon Barkley. It's gonna be tough 
to beat Dallas, in my opinion, because they've, they're have they on a three-game win streak. We are on a three-game lose streak. But I do think we will beat Dallas. I think uh, that's a very probable scenario. We are at home, not in Jerry World. It's just the Washington game. I don't think Philly can pull it out. That's why I do think that Washington will win that division at 7-9. and nine. If Alex Smith is back, I think they will win that pretty comfortably as well. Which means that my Giants, who looked like the division was ours for the taking, will lose out on the division after losing three out of their last four in Washington, winning, I believe that would be four out of their last five, or, or three out of their last five. So NFL is going to be really exciting to watch. We've got some great football Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'm gonna have a. I'm planning on having a special guest to recap the UNC versus Texas A&M game. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, happy New Year. This was a great start to 2021. I'm gonna try to keep the consistency up with the uploads. Four out of five episodes for the week, Monday through Friday. It's pretty good from uh, for a week for coming back. But once again, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.